Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Welcome back, everybody. It is the Osmo.com NHL DFS strategy show. Big five gamer tonight. And uh, I'm not even being facetious. I mean, it is a big slate for a playoff slate. This is the biggest one we're going to have, actually, uh, at least scheduled so far. Might get another three or four gamer in here. But I am joined, as you see on your screen, by Slim Cliffy, Michael Clifford. Haven't talked to him in a while, so it was nice to catch up a little bit before the show. How's it going, man? How are you feeling about this big slate? Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm doing good. It is it is kind of a weird thing. You don't normally get five-game slates uh, in the playoffs. You know, sometimes there is a weird schedule, scheduling quirk where uh, you do have to have a five-gamer, and obviously we have one of those here tonight. Uh, two teams already eliminated. Um, we might get more here tonight. So, yeah, I feel pretty safe saying this is our last five-game slate of the, of, uh, of the season. And, you know, even four-game slates might not be uh, too, too common uh, for the rest of the first round here. Yeah, I know. Down to two gamers uh, in just a few short days. So that stinks. But, you know, we'll get we'll get a little bit more custom showdown. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen uh, the video that – we cut up from uh, your, yours and Josh's show the other day, Cliffy. Uh, it's like a 12-minute clip, and you guys talked about Shodan. I thought it was a really good clip. So we just turned that into a video of its own. Uh, it's on the YouTube channel if you guys want to check that out. If you're not subscribed already, uh, feel free to subscribe uh, because you're going to get notifications. Um, you're going to get uh, – I mean, you could join the memberships as well. Uh, that's just two ninety nine per month. You get access to all these badges, exclusive content. We're trying to figure out more what we're going to do with these memberships and have uh, various tiers. So if you're thinking about sending us a super chat of more than two ninety nine, you guys have been super generous this year. We always appreciate those. But you can just join for two ninety nine, and then your questions are going to get prioritized anyways. So uh, just wanted to make sure we got that in here. Yeah, Saul says uh, no clock. I'm out. He's also asking, uh, is Marner and Matthews a good two-man tonight? Well, I don't want to bury the lead, but I, I think I think those guys might be in play, especially for MME tonight. I don't know what your thoughts there are, Cliffy, but uh, are we Matthews-Marner guys tonight? Um, you might actually be surprised to hear this, but I think that's actually a decent question for tonight, and I am not a Matthews-Marner guy for tonight. So we'll get to I, that when we get to that. I don't think they would be in my one lineup if I was playing one lineup tonight. Cash game is a little bit different because it's Matthews, as always, probably going to score. Uh, but uh, is there anything you've noticed over the weekend that you want to bring up? A little slate review, anything uh, pressing here uh, on these last few slates? I think the one thing that I really want to talk about is special teams, right? <laughs> like, I think the officiating uh, seems to be something that is a popular topic of discussion uh, basically since the Tom Wilson incident with against Artemi Panarin like three weeks ago or a month ago or whatever that was. Uh, and it just seems it hasn't gone away. Um, they're just like, you look at some, some of the postseason games, like it looks like they can't go three minutes without taking a penalty. Uh, you look at other games, uh, you only get one or two penalties called the entire uh, game through. Uh, it it just makes it hard to rely on your power play and penalty kill numbers from the regular season, right? Like, um, you know, if one thing I brought up on Twitter is that obviously um, officiating is different in the postseason, uh, fewer penalties, different types of penalties called when they call them and all that stuff. So like, let's, you know, Montreal, for example, they're on the slate tonight. They're a team that took a lot of penalties uh, through the regular season. They've been taking some penalties through the playoffs so far as well. 
Um, is that a factor of them getting outplayed? Um, is it a factor <clears throat> of Toronto uh, doing things that cause as much all take penalties? Or is it a factor that the officiating has just been horrible? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It, it's tough to pin down exactly why things are happening on special teams. And it's kind of throwing my approach into disarray because I'm a lot, I'm a guy that power play stacks a lot. I'm a guy that pays attention to penalty kills and things like that. It's just been really, really hard so far this postseason to stay. Yes. Power play stack this team. You just don't know what the referee referee is going to feel like calling that night. So um, I think Josh and I have talked about it on a show before um, in the playoffs, you know, some instances he may not want to power play stack as much. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that might be the case uh, in some games here tonight once we get through them. Yeah, there was uh, that reminds me of a couple years ago when Homer Cleese, uh used to do shows on here, and we would always look through the refs, and there was one ref in particular, and I'll probably never forget his name, Furman South. Uh, anytime he was on a game, we would just, even if we didn't like you know, what was happening, he would call like by far the most penalties in the game, so uh, it, or around the league that night. I mean, he's just loves making it about himself, blowing the whistle, getting the crowd riled up. I'm sure some of these refs get off on that type of thing. So it's hard to say. I mean, we're dealing dealing with human beings, so you just never know with these guys. But, yeah, I think the officiating has been very questionable. Um, I live in Minnesota, so I'm hearing a lot about the uh, calls that have gone against Minnesota's way. Uh, they've had two goals wiped out. I think one of them was terrible. The other one, I mean, they're not really doing a lot to help themselves in game three and four anyways, so probably wouldn't have mattered. But, yeah, there has been uh, – that's been a hot topic, and guys taking guys' heads off. You got Tom Wilson doing his normal thing. It's the playoffs round one, so Kadri had to suspend himself for a lot of games. Um, I think – what are you, eight games? He's appealing, though, right? Is that – does it sound like yeah, it's going to get brought down to five or six? Yeah, because when you – but Gary – well – George Peros, uh hands down the suspension. He gets his authority from Gary Bettman, and Gary Bettman is the one who hears the appeals. So okay. <laughs> you're essentially appealing Gary Bettman's decision to Gary Bettman. <laughs> Seems like there could be a better system in place, but that's, that's probably for another day. Uh, before we get into the games, just want to point out, as always, we are sponsored by Jock Market. If you guys haven't checked out Jock Market yet, I'm not sure what you are waiting for. We've been uh, we've been touting Jock Market forever, and uh, you see the promo code up there. That is actually the old one, uh, so I forgot to alert Tyler to this before. But uh, you can use promo code Osmo NHL twenty for a twenty dollar deposit bonus if you'd like. Uh, otherwise, we've got another one going on right now that is Osmo fifty for a fifty dollar bonus on your first deposit. So uh, the Osmo fifty one is temporary. You're going to want to use that get your fifty dollar deposit bonus. Uh, if you guys want to check that one out, um, I don't know why you wouldn't. It's like stocks plus DFS combined. So if you're interested in either one of those two, they usually go hand in hand, gambling, skill, gaming, whatever you want to call it. Uh, gambling and stocks are adjacent to each other and uh, jock market does a good job of combining them. So go over, support jock market. They're helping continue to keep these streams free. So the least we can do is help them out and it's going to help you out and it's going to help us out uh, in return. So it's a win-win-win situation. If you, anybody's ever seen that episode of The Office, I think it's The Negotiation, uh, one of my favorite episodes. Win-win-win. That's what we're trying to do tonight as well. So let's get into these games. Islanders and Penguins, this is going to be a 7 p.m. Eastern start. They were doing 
uh, 6.30 Eastern starts last week a few times. So the lock times are messing me up, but we're back to normal time. We're back to a good size slate. And we've got a 2.5 implied total for the Isles, 2.9 for the Penguins. I think it's going to be Sorokin going up against Tristan Jari, who started every game. This one is knotted at 2-2. Two to two. So not only do we have this game guaranteed, we've got another one uh, after this. It's been a pretty good series, a couple overtime games. And uh, I think there's one matchup that I'm looking to exploit in this one. But what are your uh, early thoughts on this Islanders-Penguins game, Clippy? So the first thing that kind of hit me was these are two of the slower paced teams so far in these playoffs. I mean, you know, we're talking three, four games in both series, right? So we're not talking a massive sample, but neither Pittsburgh nor the Islanders are in the top half of the league by shot, uh, shot rate at, at all strengths. And that's kind of curious because uh, you see some of the goal totals. I mean, nine goals, one game, seven goals in another, like there hasn't been, you know, a full lack of goals in this series, but there has been a lack of shooting. So the first thing that jumps out to me in this game is that I think, you know, maybe we can dig into goaltenders a little bit later, but I think both goaltenders are just off the board for me uh, in this one. When you see two offenses that are clicking the way uh, these two teams are, but they're not generating a lot of shots, you just worry too too much about, you know, that 25 of 28 with the loss or something like that. So, the first thing that I would say about this game is that I don't really have a lot of interest in either goalie. The second thing I want to say about this game is the first two games of this series played in New York, which is where the game is going to be played tonight, were without Malkin. So with Malkin back into the lineup, I wonder how that changes things. Because those first two games of the series, Pittsburgh was using their I guess it would technically have been their third line at the time, but it would technically be their fourth line now. The Bluger Tanev, um, the Bluger Tanev, uh, Zach Aston Reese fourth line was used as the shutdown line against Barzal and Everly in the first two games. And the Bluger Tanev, uh, Zach Aston Reese line has actually been good this year. Like, not great. They're definitely not Minnesota, uh, you know, Felino and Erickson, you know, shutdown quality, but they've been good enough where. You know, it's not that it necessarily takes Barzal and Eberle out of play for me, but uh, it is a little bit of a concern that it's a good shutdown matchup for them. It's just a wonder of how everything else is going to shake out besides that. Because, um, you know, with Malcolm back, like I said, we don't really know uh, how their middle six matchups are going to work out. And I would definitely want to get the matchup against the Islanders' third line instead of the Islanders' second line, but we don't know exactly how that's going to break out. So for me, it's not so much about line matching. It'd be more going to which line I think is the better line, and I think that line is easily the Carter line. The Carter line, like, he's just... We've talked about... It's been a running joke here at Osimo about how often we talk about Jeff Carter, but he looked good all season in Los Angeles. That's why we were talking about him. And he's just continued that good play uh, in Pittsburgh. So um, right off the hop, I would say the Jeff Carter line is what sticks out to me. Because one, like if they get that Islanders three line, like it's not that big of a deal. It's not, you know, a super tough matchup. Um, And two, it's like if they get the Islanders two line, Islanders two hasn't been playing very well so far this postseason. Mm -hmm. Now it's a small sample. We're talking just four games. Uh, but all playoff samples are small, so you either have to believe in them or you don't. Um, 
now they have a long history of, of being successful together, but that doesn't mean a line can't be bad for five or six games. You know what I mean? So Carter, Godreau, and McCann, um, I do have a lot of interest in them. I don't know if you necessarily have to full stack two out of three or something like that uh, would be just fine. Um, I'm probably not super high on the Malkin line. It's one of those things where they're not a good five on five line, but you know, there's a lot of skill there, right? Mm. Like Jason Zucker is a former 30 goal scorer. Evgeny Malkin was over a point per game last year. Kasperi Kapan and I pretty sure he already has a 20 goal season under his belt. So like, you know, even if they're a 46 or 47% expected goal share line, I wouldn't have a problem using them because I do think there's enough skill there to make it up. But I just think I'd rather go uh, with the better five on five line, uh, a line that I assume uh, comes in with a little bit less ownership, especially where they don't have that top power play uh, exposure. Um, so Carter, McCann, Gojo for me, uh, or mix any two of those three guys in together uh, for your stack. That's kind of where I'm focusing on the Pittsburgh side on the Islander side. I do like that Islanders three line. I worry about ownership. They've been since that ver- first game uh, of the playoffs. They've been fairly highly owned uh, almost every game. So mm-hmm. I-, I worry about Islanders three ownership here tonight. So um, I don't want to play Islanders one. Uh, I think Leo Komarov. I think he's fine defensively, but I think he definitely brings them down offensively. So it kind of lowers their ceiling. Um, Islanders three. I don't want to play because of ownership. So I'd be back on the Islanders two train that I was on. Uh, a couple days ago. So that's where I am on this game. Uh, Carter line on Pittsburgh and the Beauvillier line on the Islander side for me. Yeah. Uh, I think I actually, I, I think I disagree with you a little bit on the Islanders too, just cause you mentioned how bad they've played. Like, I don't know that it, it, it is a short sample, but like they're playing against the same team. They, I, I don't see how they really turn it around here. I think they might see some of the Crosby line too. Um, and then that that Carter line as well, potentially, which has been very good. So I hope they do what you said with Bluger, Aston Reese, and Tanev going up against Barzell and Everly because that's, I think, the most difficult line for the Crosby line and the Carter line. Um, I'm right there with you on being out on – not being out, but being, like, not very high on Pittsburgh too, uh, even for MME. So I'm seeing 1% ownership on Jared McCann and uh, Jeff Carter. That's a two-man I'm very interested in. I'm probably going to do some three threes tonight, uh, some three twos, but mostly three twos. And um, I like that as a two man a lot. Secondary power play time isn't a huge deal, but nice little uh, added bonus to a, a, th- a trio that's been solid at five on five. And then pit one looks like they're getting squeezed out a little bit because you've got Matthews, McDavid, uh, no Colorado tonight, but um, you know, you know, Tampa Bay as well. People are going to be interested there. Vegas, think in a pretty good spot so uh not seeing the super high ownership on pit one if you want to check out the ownership projections uh for today they are free for everyone so now's your time playing tournaments tonight going to want to use these if you're going to play cash games uh and you're missing out on a guy that's very highly owned uh you might want to double check that so we unlock a piece of premium content each day for everybody to see get a taste of what's behind the paywall along with premium slack along with the lineup builder that I use every single day to go through the shows and uh, the projections and the top stack tool, which is I think everybody's favorite tool. So um, I do like pit one at the lower ownership. I do like your call on Carter who gets as many mentions as any third liner uh, who we thought was washed up like a couple months ago uh, as you know, we've talked about on the show. So 
I'm pretty much only on the Pittsburgh side. I would be interested in Isles three, but I think they might jump up in ownership as the day goes on. Cause like you mentioned, they, their prices haven't come up. They've played well. I like Wallstrom and Palmieri. Peugeot doesn't really shoot that much. So I've been leaving him off of my, uh, my Islanders three stacks quite a bit so far this series, but yeah, it's mostly the forwards, mostly the Pittsburgh side. And uh, I would love to play some Islanders one, but they, they keep putting Leo Komarov out there and it's gotten them to two, two so far. So I doubt that that's going to change before tonight's game. Anything else you want to mention here? Yeah, just the ownership on Scott Mayfield last game. If I'm not mistaken, he was sitting around 20%, like 15 to 20%, which like, he's okay, he's a decent DK option, but um, if he's going to be 4,100 uh, on the road, probably somewhere around, I'm assuming the same ownership as the last slate, maybe a little bit less because we have another game. Like, I'm not playing 50% Scott Mayfield, so um, I'm not – like, I honestly think the one defenseman that, like, for cheap that stands out to me in this game is, I have to say, it, it's Cody Cece. Uh, he's shot blocking. He's playing over 20 minutes a night. Uh, he's probably my guy if you're looking to pay under 3K for a defenseman in this game. Yeah, yeah. That's that's fine with me. I thought you were going to say Letty. So, uh, I think Cece is uh, better. I, no, I don't, I don't think I've recommended Nick Letty in three years. Yeah, I wish I could say the same. <laughs> I'm just so frustrated with that guy. That's all. <laughs> he has a bunch of assists this year, though. Like, yeah, he does. Stats, and I, I, never has the ceiling game, but he just an assist here, a couple here. Like, but he just never has the 20 plus point game, like say a Scott Mayfield might have in him. Uh, he, I was just looking at his game logs. So I know he had two big games in a row, but that third game or the last game, 2.8 points. Uh, the three prior, 25.8, 21.7, and 17.7. For a guy that was sub 4k uh so that's why the high ownership uh you saw in that last one but should come back down tonight to a, a, a level that we're comfortable with let's go to the other 7 p.m eastern game we've got the maple leafs and your montreal canadiens three implied total for the leafs 2.4 for the canadiens campbell and price are your expected goals here eric stall is out for montreal he is injured there was some talk that Tatar was potentially going to get scratched. Then uh, they said that uh, Eric Stahl was out. So I don't know exactly what the lines are going to look like. I think uh, we're going to see Deneau, Tatar, Gallagher. Seems like the best spot that you could have that trio. Um, just going to cut it. Yeah, they had Josh Anderson on the top line. Uh, so Tatar's just in the doghouse. It, no, it's Tatar, Deneau, Anderson. Oh, what happened with Gallagher? So – this is what the lineup probably should be. Tatar, Deneau, Anderson, Toffoli, Kokaniemi, Gallagher, Armia, Ooh. Suzuki, Caulfield, Lekkanen, Byron, Perry. Okay. And what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm just – I'm processing that. I think I think that sounds like a pretty good second line, the Kokaniemi line. And I know you're a big fan of him. So yes. is that the one you're targeting? Yeah. So here's the – Okay, so I want to talk about Matthews and Marner first because, you know, we talked to them at the start of the show, you know, are Matthews and Marner a good two-man tonight? And I was like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> Here's why. Over the last three years, and we're not just – we're not talking a big sample. We're talking a little over 40 minutes. Matthews and Marner together up against Deneau and Gallagher, 48.1% expected goal share. This is a line that's like 60% plus against almost everybody. 
and they're under 50% against Deneau and Gallagher. Now, obviously, Gallagher doesn't look like he's going to be playing on that line. And Josh Anderson, I know that people might think Josh Anderson and Brendan Gallagher are kind of interchangeable. They're not. Like, Gallagher is so much better defensively than, than Josh Anderson is. So that's what's kind of scaring me tonight is I was going to say no problem fading Matthews and Marner in this one because – I expect that I expected them to play almost every minute against Tatar Dano and Gallagher. If it's Tatar Dano and Josh Anderson, that kind of changes the equation because Gallagher's truly one of the best defensive wingers in hockey. Josh Anderson is not. <laughs> like he's just not. Uh he's he's a he's a Tom Wilson, is what he is. He's a Tom Wilson light. Is he's a banger, he's a crasher, he's a four checker, uh, he can score goals. He's not a great defensive specialist. So I was off Matthews and Marner uh, going into this game. I'm not really off Matthews and Marner now. It would kind of depend on ownership. Because I think in the last game, like Matthews was over 60% on a four-game slate or something like that. If he's going to be 60 to 70% owned on a five-game slate, I have no problem fading him on the road, even without Gallagher on that line. It's just, if Gallagher were to be playing with Tatar and Deneau, it's just a brutal, brutal matchup for Matthews and Marner and a matchup where they haven't had success in the past. So that's why, you know, in a nutshell, I like, I'm kind of fine fading Toronto entirely here tonight. Like, obviously not if you're playing, you know, a 50 lineups or whatever it is, you're not going to fade a team entirely. If you're playing one to three lineups, I have no problem saying no, no, no leaps from here tonight because I think Dano and Tatar are good enough, good enough defensively to hold Matthews and Marner in check. And then if you look at Nylander's numbers without uh, either Matthews or Tavares over the last three years, they're pedestrian. They're basically league average, which isn't a huge surprise. Like if you look at who he'll be playing with. Uh, he's playing with league average players. He's he's good, but he can't carry a line to offensive prominence by himself. He's not that good. So if I'm not playing Matthews and Marner because I think it's a bad matchup and I don't want to play the second line because I don't think it's a very good line, all that you're really left with is Toronto 3. And, like, I guess that'd be a fine line to use, but, like, am I going to go – am I going to play, like, Engvall uh, – and whoever else and McKay and those guys in that line, like, am I going to three man stack that line, especially where there aren't like, I guess if you're playing Edmonton, that's one situation where you could use it, but there aren't a ton of super expensive stacks elsewhere. So I'm probably going to be out on Toronto. I do like that Kotkaniemi Gallagher to Foley line. We talk about shot assists, which are passes that lead to shots. Kotkaniemi uh, in his early early on in his career is amongst the elite in hockey. I think he'll do a good job of finding Gallagher to tire or Gallagher to Foley. Sorry. So I do like that to Foley Kakaniemi Gallagher line. I just think um, they're probably going to carry some ownership. Um, but again, if they're going into that week in Toronto second line, I have no problem with that. So that's where I am. At, I'm at on this game is that if I'm only playing a limited number of lineups, I'm out on Toronto and in on Montreal too. I think I would still be in on like Matthews one offs. Uh, yeah, I would never say like if, and I still don't love uh, one-offing a chalky player, like because he's going to be popular. He always is, and rightfully so. Um, but I kind of make an exception for guys like him and McDavid, and you know. Uh, but yeah, like 
paying so much for this line. You're not getting a discount on Zach Hyman, um, who's a guy you can usually throw in there for cheap, and that's going to lower the ownership. But now Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wells Fargo presents one of the surest ways to grow your money. A Wells Fargo CD account where you can earn a 5.00% annual percentage yield on an 11-month term with a minimum opening deposit of $5,000. Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash CD rates to open a CD account and start growing your savings with us. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Fully correlated on a top power play, maybe the, the stack ownership is actually closer to where Matthew's ownership ends up being. Um, the rest of the, the Toronto Lions I'm not really in love with. Maybe some stabs on that third line that you talked about, but that would only be for, to get in like Edmonton power play or uh, if you're going with the expensive Florida forwards or the expensive Tampa forwards or, uh, or something along those lines. But um, yeah, I don't know exactly how I'm feeling about these new lines as I just learned of them as, as this happens all the time um on these shows just kind of flying by the seat of our pants but uh cut is 2600 you've got to fully still cheap enough at 5800 and then gallagher so i i don't know how the, the line matching is going to go i know you talked about it a little bit but that makes me uncertain on this game it makes me uncertain on what i want to do with either of the top two montreal lines i usually go where where gallagher uh goes uh but now since they got to foley i've been gravitating more to suzuki to foley um do you think do you think Kokoniemi's a pretty good fit for for Gallagher and Toffoli on that second line? Yeah, I do. And I don't think they see much of the Matthews line either. Okay. Um Kukini, remember Kokoniemi was based I think he was a healthy scratch in the first game cuz they're so worried about the matchups. I don't think he's going to step into the lineup and have him thrown out against Matthews. Okay, that makes some sense. Anybody on the blue line before we move it on? Uh one guy I just want to Keep, be, people should be aware of Rasmus Sandin's ice time. Um, yeah, power play one is great, but it's kind of that Jake Bean conundrum where he's, I'm pretty sure Sandin played under 14 minutes last game. Maybe it was under 15 minutes. So it's like, he's not a one-off guy. He's a guy I would use if I'm stacking Toronto. Um, other than that, there just really isn't a lot in this game to like. Like Brett Kulak and John Merrill probably aren't going to get enough minutes. I think Joel Edmondson might be the guy for block shots at 3,100. Other than that, there really aren't defensemen I like in this game. Um, Petrie at 5,400 just because, you know, if if this offense gets going, part of it's probably going to be Petrie. So I don't mind him as a one-off. So it's Petrie Edmondson out of this game for me. Yeah, I am in agreement on the Montreal defenseman for sure. Petrie more of a add-on with Montreal stacks. Uh, Edmondson just a cheap punt guy that I'll have in my mix of guys. Um just going back. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention on Matthews. So right now, if, if the slate started, uh, I would have like 24% Matthews, but Marner and Hyman would be down closer to about half of that. So a lot of those would be Matthews one-offs, just where I can afford him if I'm doing three, two, ones, which I'm going to have a bunch of tonight. 
Uh, all right, let's go to Tampa and Florida. Three implied total for both sides. Vasilevsky going up against a bunch of question marks for the Panthers. They've tried out uh, Drieger for a couple games. They've tried out Bobrovsky for a couple games in a relief effort. He ended up winning a game. This could have easily been a sweep for Tampa, uh, but it's 3-1 to one in the series. And we both think that Spencer Knight's going to play, but he's a couple hundred dollars cheaper. So just be aware, you know, don't have Spencer Knight. Like, don't stack up the first two games, have Spencer Knight in there with no salary remaining. Uh, so that's the one thing I wanted to mention. If you are going to play him, it's 200 bucks cheaper. Uh, so you're going to have to find another option if it's not him. And it could be anybody at this point. Florida is, you know, they just – I get the, the goals that Tampa's been scoring have been power play goals have been pretty easy finishes, a lot of them. But they also haven't gotten any big saves from either of their goalies so far. So why not try out the third guy, right? What are your thoughts on this game? I mean – there's a non-zero chance that Spencer Knight is the best goalie of the, out of the three of them, right? <laughs> like, let's let's face it. Like I'm with you. I know people kind of crap on Bobrovsky for the playoff performance, but I think there was one game where I think the first goal was a breakaway, and the next two were redirections from right in front of him. So it's that, like, that was, yeah, that was on Saturday. Yeah, so it's, it's like, what what are you supposed to do there? <laughs> it's like, um, kind of a tough break for the goalie, but. It's not to say that Florida isn't deserving of some goals in this series. They've been playing exceptionally well. Um, I thought this team might fall apart without Aaron Ekblad. They just haven't missed a beat at all. It's actually incredible uh, to kind of watch. So uh, one thing Florida changed up last game, uh, Keith Yandel was scratched, um, and they went to a five-forward power play unit. Um, That screams... Uh, volatility to me. Uh, it screams, yeah, Florida's probably going to be uh, higher scoring on the power play, but I also think that makes them a little bit more susceptible uh, to shorthanded chances against. Uh, so your guys like uh, Blake Coleman uh, really could come in handy uh, for shorthanded chances uh, from from uh, Tampa Bay. Um, on the Florida side, the one like I just want to go through the line matching, and it won't take long because Florida didn't really do much line matching in the first couple of games uh, of this series. Um, basically, it was Florida one against Tampa one, and then whoever else, it was just they just sent them out. There wasn't really any hard matching, so Florida one against Tampa one. The rest uh, doesn't really matter. Um, Florida's kind of been carrying the play too at times, like. Tampa Bay, like, I think Tampa Bay has been definitely been getting some quality chances, and you see that with the deflections and, and stuff like that in front of Bobrovsky. But I also think um, they're just getting goalie, right? Like, if, like you said, if Bobrovsky or Dridger make, you know, an extra save or two, this series could look completely different. So um, I'm still really high on Florida. And when I look at our top stacks tool, uh, we have positive leverage on the Florida top line. Like, none of the, there are no lines out of this game, Tampa or Florida, that are amongst our top five for ownership rate, according to our top two stacks tools. So um, I really like the top line, Barkov or Hagee Duclair. They've been really, really good um, all season long. Is it, du- is it Duclair on the top line or is it Mark? I'm seeing Duclair. He played like the majority of the game uh, in game four with Barkov and Verhage. Yeah, okay. So they've been really like just excellent all year. And with the five forward uh, top power play unit now, Verhage's getting top power play minutes yeah. too. So uh, they have a very reasonable price on top of that. Um, 
seventeen four. So like you can put in another good line. Like you you know, you can even game stack against Tampa one. I'm not necessarily recommending that. Um I'm just saying that's how cheap they are. Um you can fit them in with another really good line. So I really, really like Florida one uh here tonight. Uh, maybe even some Florida Jill stacks. Um, you know, throwing a Barkov Huberto Verhage or a Barkov Huberto Hornquist or something like that. Uh, love our Florida Jill stacks. We've been playing them all year. Um, on the Tampa side, I don't really have. I shouldn't say I don't have interest. I do have interest in Tampa, but like I said. Like, I was pretty impressed with Spencer, Spencer Knight down the stretch. Like, just a couple of games that you saw him play, he's not flopping around. He's not oversliding. He's very controlled. He looks very composed. Like, I'm not super excited to play uh, any of the Tampa uh, skaters here tonight. It's just that we do have uh, some good leverage on some of them, especially the top line. Our top, The top line for Tampa Bay here. Uh, is one of the best leveraged uh, lines on the night. Uh, Point, Palat, Kucherov. We have them as basically a 15% top two stack, but a 6.5% actual ownership share. So I'm not in on Tampa, but it kind of looks like if you do want to be in on Tampa, Tampa 1 is the play. Uh, Something like a one-off Blake Coleman also makes sense. Like I said, I think Florida's power play can be had for some shorthanded chances against here. Uh, So somebody like like Blake Coleman uh, makes sense to me as a one-off for Tampa Bay, just because of his shot rate uh, and ice time alone. And because I do think uh, against a five-man power play there, he could generate some chances for the Bolts. Yeah. I'm not high on Tampa again for the fifth game in a row. And I think I was a little higher on them when they're at home ice, but you get two amazing five on five lines on this Panthers team. Uh, Sam Bennett's played awesome. Huberto and Bennett and Tippett together has been one of the better lines they got put together. For Hagee, Barkoff, and Duclair has legitimately had an argument as like one of the best lines in hockey uh, for the entire season. Um, so sample size isn't an issue there. The problem is just Tampa's, you know, they're tough uh, and the correlation isn't great. So Duclair is also live at any time to get pulled off that top line if they go down. So He's forever in the doghouse. 4,500 for him. I'm just going to do a lot of Barkov, uh, Verhage, two mans. Or like you said, Barkov, Verhage, Huberto, Barkov, Verhage, and Tip, uh, Bennett. Or, you know, if you want to take off Tippett off line two, you could throw in Barkov with Bennett and Huberto. So there's a lot of different ways to do it on the Florida side, which I like. Uh, I'm a sucker for good five-on-five lines, and they've got two of them. So I, you know, I thought Florida had a chance to win this series. I still kind of think that they do. Um, it's the, the, the Vegas lines are actually moving in their favor as the series goes on. They keep losing these games, but they're just getting destroyed in the power play and they're carrying the play every single game so far at even strength. So maybe they can stay out of the penalty box for one game and extend this series. I, I feel like that's what happens, but I've been wrong a bunch of times so far this series. I mean, it's it's tough to win games. Their all strength save percentage is eight forty nine, eight four nine. Like you're not gonna. And the thing is, it probably should be a two two series. Yeah, like it's just, easily could be easily. And I, I mean, they easily could have got swept too if they don't come back down two goals in the third in game yeah. three. Like they were yeah. dead. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's been more of an even series than uh, maybe it appears at first look. 
Hedman, 6,200. He's been bailed out by a ton of power play assists. I, like the, the peripherals haven't been great so far for him this series. 6,200, you know, still usable if you're playing that low on Tampa one. Um, no, no issue with getting the Tampa one, but I don't like this isn't a 3% owned stack that I'm looking to get 25% of. It's a 3% stack that I'm just looking to get overweight on, you know, maybe play them in a higher stakes field where they might just go completely uh, overlooked because they're on the road here because McDavid and, you know, Winnipeg people want to play Winnipeg. They want to play Matthews. And so maybe they get squeezed out uh, just a little bit, this Tampa one line. What about defensemen here? Yeah, you're right on Hedman that he's just been kind of getting there uh, with all the assists. Um, not really in on Hedman at 6,200. Sergachev all the way down to 4,400 is really, really interesting to me. Now, they're saying he's going to play tonight. Uh, he was injured in the last game, so we don't know how banged up he is, but he's still playing 20-plus minutes a night. I, uh, I'll i have to go double-check, but I think he leads Tampa defensemen in both shot rate and block shot rate uh, so far this postseason. So he's posting his peripherals. He's getting the minutes. Price has come down. You know, Florida's shooting a ton, so the shot block opportunities will be there. Um, I do like Sergeyev. It's kind of like that no man's land, forty four hundred dollar range. All right, uh, let's get to the second forty percent of the slate. I thought it was, I was going to say second half of the slate, but we're three games in. We've got two games left, so we're sixty percent of the way through. We, and I don't uh, think the second forty percent makes sense either. Yeah, that doesn't really make much sense. So, um, you know, not the dumbest thing I've said on the stream. In fact. Uh, I actually gave you the wrong promo code for Jock Market. So we had Osmo 50 last week. Sometimes it pop up, they give us this $50 promos, uh, but it is the one that's correct on your screen. So just ignore me. Maybe we can cut that one out. Uh, Tyler was correct. He had the correct graphic up there. Osmo NHL 20. So we love Jock Market, whether they're giving us $53 or $23. Go support them. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. Like they're, they're helping us out. They're looking to help you out. It's a new site to play on. It's going to be a softer site to play on. Um, so if you're frustrated with the other sites or just want to get some more volume down, Jock Market is a great place to try that out. And uh, getting 23 bucks along the way. Can't, can't beat it. Let's go to the Oilers and Jets. We've got a 2.8 implied total for the Oilers, 2.8 as well for the Jets. Mike Smith and Hellbuck were both confirmed today. This is a back-to-back, the rare playoff back-to-back. Um both games in Winnipeg, so uh, they can do that. You know, don't have to travel. Edmonton in control of the entire game last night, and then I turned away. I was I was telling the Slack chat it was four to one. You know, later in the third, I think like seven or eight minutes. Turned to the NBA game for like five minutes because you know one of the games was uh, close at the end. I think it was the the Knicks Hawks game. Trey Young was going off, so flip the channel, go back. I see two people saying goals for Winnipeg. I'm like, oh, 4-3. I flip it on, and Josh Morrissey scores like 15 seconds later. Uh, And now it's 4-4. Ehlers gets the goal in OT. And now the Edmonton Oilers, with the best player in the NHL, are down 3-0 to a team that I despise in the Winnipeg Jets. But it helped me make some money, so I can't be too mad. But what a disaster for Edmonton. They're running it back tonight. Same thing. I don't expect them to not play Dreisaitl and McDavid together. They've, that line's played really well uh, with Pugliarvi. But um, how do you see this one going here? Is there any matching that we should be aware of? Or uh, which, what are your general DFS thoughts? 
Um, my general DFS thoughts is that Winnipeg is getting 961 goaltending at five on five. Like that's like we can we can ring ring our hands out about everything that Edmonton has done wrong this year or whatever. But sometimes the best goalie in the world just plays like the best goalie in the world, and there's not a whole lot that you can do about it. And that's just kind of what's going on with Connor Hellebuck. Is Hellebuck the best in your opinion? Is yeah, he number one. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Like there are arguments you can make. Like I think you know, like Darcy Kemper, I think technically has the best stats, so I think he's up there. Um, you know, Andre Vasilevsky, obviously, but you know, how do you separate Vasilevsky from how good Tampa Bay's been for the last yeah. five years? Stuff like that. I just think it's Hellebach, especially when you consider how bad their de- defense has been. Just get anyway. every single game. Yeah, he, he 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 does. He really does. Like I I, I said, he should have won the Hart Trophy last year because he got them to the playoffs single handedly. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, line matching. Winnipeg one and Winnipeg three were sent out most of the time against Edmonton's top line. Um, that's kind of good for Winnipeg two because <laughs> that keeps Winnipeg two like almost exclusively out against Edmonton's second and third lines. And we saw what Nick Ehlers did last night. Um, That line's not great, but it's good enough to definitely take advantage of the Edmonton depth. Um, On the Edmonton side, here's the thing about the Oilers is that for, for most of the season, we said going into Winnipeg, you know, Shifley Wheeler bad, Shifley Wheeler bad, Shifley Wheeler bad. And they were. They kind of turned it around down the stretch. I looked at their numbers over the last three weeks of the regular season, uh, and they're like 52% expected goal share, which is like a drastic turnaround from where they were back in February and March. So, like, you know, there's no – this isn't a bad matchup for Connor McDavid or anything like that. I just don't think it's this, you know, steamroll. He's going to get an automatic three points tonight, no matter what matchup that it would have been two months ago. So um, that would be your reasoning for not playing Edmonton. Um, I just really like Winnipeg too, running it back with them again here tonight. Um, Going back against the depth uh, from the Oilers, uh, you know, McLeod is their second line center now. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto down on the fourth line. Dominic Cahoon, who I think is actually one of their best Defensive wingers is healthy scratched. He might actually be back in tonight. We'll see. But um, Winnipeg, too, uh, you know, they just – they played really well in a limited sample in the regular season, like over 60% expected goal share. Um, Any line with Nick Ehlers plays well. He is really just a game changer. So uh, I really do like Winnipeg, too. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, again, here tonight, Edmonton won. Like, I don't really know what to do with them here. Um, like, the ownership. What's that? You can play them. Do you play them, though? Yeah. I, I mean, I am. A lot. See, okay. Like, I'm with you. Like, I. I like, I think there's, def- there's obviously definitely reasons to play them here tonight. The Winnipeg 1 matchup, it's not a tough matchup, even if they're better. Winnipeg 3 is not a tough matchup, even if they're better. 
uh, have been playing better. Sorry. It's just like we talked about at the top of the show with power plays. Edmont- a lot of Edmonton's value comes from the power play. And if they're not getting those consistent power play minutes every game, if you can't rely on them getting consistent power play minutes every game, I find it real hard to just keep jamming in McDavid and Dreisaitl. I'm not going to say I'm not going to play them here tonight. It's just, it's not, if this were mid-March, I would say I'm slamming in McDavid, Dreisaitl, not even thinking about it. The way that Winnipeg's been playing, Hellebuck's been really good. It's just kind of giving me some pause. That's all. So I will, so I'll say, I do like Edmonton one Edmonton power play out of this game, but my favorite line is still Winnipeg two. They looked really good last night. They had really good numbers during the season. Nick Ehlers looked like he hasn't missed a step, and there's absolutely no Edmonton depth to worry about. Yep, I love the way you summed it up. I am loving some Winnipeg two again. I uh, got some results last night. They were good at five on five. I uh, would expect that same thing, and you know, minimal time against McDavid and Drysdale and Puljujarvi which is the most important thing. So I don't really have an issue with Winnipeg one. They're fully correlated. They get there all the time on the empty netters, as Josh Harris likes to say. And I agree with him on that, actually. Um, So they're fine as well, but I'm really uh, targeting Winnipeg two. And uh, Edmonton one is my highest on the stack right now, just because the minutes are crazy for McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's a must-win game. Wouldn't expect the minutes to really drop down. Puljujarvi's sticking there. So you got a good uh, third wheel, even though he is the third wheel. He's, he's a pretty good one, guy that can score some goals for 4,600. That's going to get left off a lot of stacks. Otherwise, you throw in Nugent Hopkins for 5,300. And then you can play either Tyson Berry or Darnell Nurse. Both, like Nurse might play 30 minutes tonight. Uh, it seems like he gets there, uh, you know, once every few games, just playing huge, huge minutes. Um, so I'm playing their big guns, Tyson Berry going to be an add-in with Edmonton one if I can afford that um I'm probably going back to some like Pionk and Morrissey but (laughs) I cashed in my Josh Morrissey ceiling game card Uh, I scored like 20 plus points I think he got a bonus an assist and uh and a goal within 15 seconds of each other so like he's not a a great DFS defense especially not for 4800 but he does go with that Winnipeg two line um, because he plays on the second PP with Dubois and Ehlers. Why isn't Ehlers on the top power play? Uh, what, what's can he just not play the position that that they need him to play? No, I have no idea what it is because it's been this. This has been in the case his entire career. Yeah. It's not just this year. It's been every single season, and it reminds me like Brad Marchand earlier in his career couldn't get on the power play either. Oh. He couldn't get on the power play for like five or six years, and it wasn't mm-hmm. until his late twenties where he was moved there. So. I think coaches honestly sometimes just completely miss the boat, and they did with Marsh in, in Boston. I think that's a case here with Ehlers. Orbort, 2,800. Are you going there at all? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, chief defenseman in this game, I think, is Ethan Bear for me. Um, played well over 20 minutes last night. I think he had four shots and two blocks, like one shot, one block away from the combo meal. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I'm going back on the Ethan Bear train tonight. Yeah, wow, 26 minutes last night. And it, granted, it was an overtime game, but I think, what did they play? They played less than a half of a period. Yeah, they scored like seven or eight minutes in. So so even, like, worst-case scenario, he played like 22, 23 minutes at five-on-five. Five. So, um, or, I mean, uh, in, in the uh, regulation time. So I'm that's a good call, actually. I forgot about him. He's not listed with Darnell Nurse, but I know he skated. Uh, the plan was to skate 
him with Nurse last night. So that's pretty good for 2,500. Let's go to the final game on the night. Uh, if you guys could drop us a like. We've got almost 100 watching here right now. 24 likes I'm seeing. Maybe I need to refresh YouTube, but if you could, that helps us out a lot. And then the best way you can help us out for free, no cost to you, uh, just like two seconds of your time is to subscribe to the channel. We just surpassed 55,000 subscribers. Uh, the push to 50K, it was crazy. You guys were very helpful. Now we're trying to get to, uh, we got to 55. We're trying to get to 60 and hopefully 100 in the very near future. So if you could help us out there, it'll also give you some notifications when all these shows go live. We've got NHL, PGA, uh, NFL, obviously, every single day, multiple streams per day, NBA, tip-off show coming on in uh i think just an hour after this show ends depending on when nba lock is but if you just hit the notification bell you won't have to worry you'll just get the notifications see oh jake and cliff you're live let's x out of that oh the nba guys are live let's go to that show type of thing so get to pick and choose wild golden knights 2.3 implied total for minnesota 3.1 for the knights talba and mark andre Fleury are your uh, projected goalies here. They started every single game for their respective teams. Minnesota looked to be in control of this series after the first couple games. Uh, and then that boy, they just fell apart in the third period, or actually, I guess, late second period of game three when they had a two goal lead. Could have been a three goal lead, got a goal called back, and then the meltdown happened. Um, and now they're changing up their power play units, uh, which I saw on. Uh, on Twitter as the show was going on. Erickson Eck on unit one with Kaprizov and Fiala Zuccarello on that unit with Spurgeon. That's the only news I have for this game uh, other than the um, the normal Max Pacioretty game time decision. And then you mentioned also Alec Martinez was going to be a game time decision before the show. That could shake some things up, maybe a better outlook for Theodore and Petrangelo probably in for some big minutes should he miss. Uh, what do you like here? Yeah, they're saying there's going to be some new lines, too. Uh, new lines just came down about Oh, yeah, there are. Uh, uh, Rask back with uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello. So Hartman going with Parisi and Fiala. So just a, pretty much a swap there. Um, I, I hate that for Kaprizov, but probably upgrades Fiala a little bit. Well, it gives Fiala somebody to play with, right? Like, yeah. oh, like he just had absolutely nobody to play with. Uh, last game. So at least here he gets Ryan Hartman and Zach Parisi, somebody to play with. Um, yeah, Alec Martinez, uh, game time decision. Like Max Pacioretty, I mentioned this to you. I don't think he's coming back. I know they keep saying game time decision, game time decision. He's not even skating. Like he's not skating at practice. So like how close can he possibly be to coming back? Like I would just assume – until we see him on the ice for a warm-up for a game, I would just assume he's out, uh, uh, like, moving forward. Like, it's just one of those things, like, I think where Vegas is just jerking us around a little bit. Um, the matching breakdown should probably be uh, the stone line up against Kaprizov. Uh, nothing, um, nothing, you know, that's really surprising there. But, you know, that's a big advantage for the stone line and it's really bad for the Kaprizov line. So, definitely gets me off of uh, Kaprizov. Um, what Vegas had been doing in the first couple of games of the series was actually, pardon me, sending out their fourth line against uh, Erickson, Eck, and Felino, which I thought was kind of smart. Super smart. 
Yeah, because you know it. They're not a bad fourth line. Vegas's fourth line is not a bad fourth line by any stretch. It's not Minnesota's shutdown line, but it's not bad. And Minnesota's line, they're not great offensively. Like, they're fine, but they're not juggernauts. Their value comes from their defense. So if you're just sending out your fourth line against a great defensive line, um, it just seems like it would neutralize both lines and advantage nobody. I Like, that's kind of a smart move uh, on Vegas's part. So, um, okay, so if you assume uh, Zuccarello and Kaprizov up against Stone and then Erickson Eck, uh, up against the fourth line, that leaves Fiala against the middle six. Now, I think that kind of benefits both uh, the Fiala line and the Vegas two line, right? Because that gets Vegas to uh, some fourth line matchups, and that also gets the Fiala line against Vegas three, which I think is probably their weakest defensive line uh, of the four. So uh, that's kind of where I'm sitting on this game. Parisi, Hardman, Fiala, I like that. Uh, as a trio, if you want to leave Parisi off, no problem. But I do like, I just like their prices. They're all very, they're very reasonably priced uh, as a line. So I do like Hartman Fiala Parisi here tonight uh, on the Vegas side. I do like that Vegas second line. Again, um, like I said, I just think that they're going to get some decent matchups. Uh, <coughs> pardon me. Bless you. Yeah, no, I just think they're going to get some decent matchups. So Vegas 2 and then the Fiala line for me, that's where I'm uh, focusing in this game. Yeah, I would have been going back to Kaprizov with Hartman and Zuccarello. Like the, the numbers with, compared uh, compare that line with Hart, Hartman to Rask and it's night and day difference. Uh, you don't think of Hartman as a great player, but he works better with that line, at least in generating offense. Uh, maybe makes them a little bit worse defensively. I'm not sure, but for DFS, I wanted Hartman there. That will not be the case. So I'll still have some, you know, Kaprizov, Zuccarello, but I'm really going to uh, lower my Rask exposure, even with my, you know, Minnesota two uh, wingers that I do have. And then, yeah, can't can't agree more on Vegas four. Like that's so smart that they're doing that, and especially not only are they not a great offensive line, but they're a line that doesn't play like 20 minutes a game. So it's not like you're just upping your fourth line minutes that much. You're just saying, all right, just don't let them score just you know grind it out and then the rest of the lines go go up against some some weaker defensive lines so vegas very sharp um still not crazy about the stevenson tuck stone line it just hasn't been phenomenal at five on five it hasn't even really been that good carlson marshall smith i am definitely there and then i'm gonna have a bunch of fiala one-offs maybe some hartman fiala two mans uh that's where i'm sticking to on the wild just just some two mans for them i think and that is about it. I love Shea Theodore, Theodore tonight, regardless of if Martinez plays. If Martinez does not play, I think Theodore is the best defenseman on the slate. If Martinez does play, I still think Theodore is the best defenseman on the slate. So uh, I'll be hammering him, getting some Petrangelo in my non-Theodore lineups. And uh, I think Vegas probably closes this one out here. Yeah, I uh, I was gonna I was gonna say Shea Theodore uh, as a defenseman in this game, but I should have known that you were obviously going uh-huh. to mention the clear best spot. Uh, is like if Braden McNabb is out, like McNabb and Martinez could both be out here tonight, and that would push somebody like Nick Hag to the second pair. But where it's the last game of the slate, you just won't know by warm up, so you don't want to take the chance of putting in like a thirteen minute Nick Hag or something like that. So. Uh, yeah, I would probably just stick to Shea Theodore on Vegas. On the Minnesota side, 
Um, I do. I don't mind Matt Dumba's price for forty five hundred. He can get there with both shots uh, and blocks. Um, that's probably where I am here, Theodore or Dumba. I I will say Cam Talbot's my favorite goalie on the slate. I like it. Yeah, he's going to see a, b- a bunch of volume. He has most of the series seventy two hundred. It is a winnable game. Uh, so if you're not getting your Hellebuck spend up Talbot, pretty good. Uh, pretty good spend down there. Patrick pick, you got one handy. Yeah, baby. Carter Verhage night tonight. Oh my. Wow. That, I mean, that is a, uh, that's a pretty good pick. Uh, I wasn't even going to go that deep. Uh, I was going to go Nick Ehlers, uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. I like it. But, uh, I would hope, I would hope yours happens actually. I think that'd probably be better for my lineups because I think Ehlers is going to be more popular, but uh, hopefully we can get couple of those we've gotten one this year i think you got one uh, earlier in the year which is insane yeah josh got one with don scoy as well oh did he okay so i haven't gotten one yet maybe tonight's my night thank you everybody for joining us uh we will have the schedule in slack uh as we see fit later tonight for uh the shows we'll have content projections ownership uh articles cheat sheets whatever you guys need and then check out those ownership projections those are free for everyone today and uh, good luck on tonight's slates in these big contests that we've got. Probably our last big slate of the season. So take advantage, and uh, we'll see you soon. Good luck, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Saver. Whether you're saving for that trip to the tropics or saving for an emergency, now is the time to take advantage of Wells Fargo's savings options. Wells Fargo offers savings accounts that can help you save towards your goals. So what are you saving for? Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash save to open a savings account today. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC.